It's a hellish afternoon clustered around the core today with acid rain impacting several districts all across the sublevels of the underhive. We here at 665.66 UHMR Chemrat Radio are taking shelter at Lady Bexy's Flackenjack. Check out Bexy's new lunch special. For just two script, you get manwiched gristle chili. I'm your gubbin Horton Goblin King, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Marky. What's up, fellas? The ever-present Beastly Beast. Mike's a big fan of gristle. What, like, what is gristle? I was like, what the fuck? Gristle's like charred fat. Charred fat? That's yeah, it's the chewy it's bits. Good. It's the chewy bits, man. I like, I like gristle. Oh, yeah. And uh, back from assignment at the... What, the dress store? The inquisitorial dress store? Where'd we send you last week? It's the slime and dime. All you got to know is it was finger licking good. Ah, all right, perfect. There you go. Come is Kevin. Kevin. Commissar <laughs> training. <laughs> <laughs> our, our on-site reporter, Kevin. From back from the slime and dime. <laughs> don't, ask what, don't ask what you do there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better not. Well, first you slimer, then you dimer. <laughs> Well, yeah, why would you pay first? <laughs> Trust me, they're not all times. <laughs> so we are jumping into our second faction overview episode today with episode 18. We are focusing on the Eldari. This is looking like it's probably going to be a two-parter, but it might end up being a three-parter. Not that we love the orcs any less, but the Eldari are actually split into three playable races, three playable factions in Warhammer 40k. So we'll probably end up taking just a little bit of extra time to dip into each of those as how they play. Yeah. I mean, also like orcs are old. They've been around, you know, long, long, long time. Corks before they were orcs. But if I remember, I Aldari longer. Uh, kinda by like a hair. Kinda, yeah, yeah it's a little bit. Actually, we will we will touch on today. We will touch on some Necron history, some old ones history, and some orc or some cork history. Yeah, you kind of um, have to, right? Yeah, yeah as as Tom related, yeah. as Tom pointed out. Uh, as Beast pointed out, excuse me, back in our first kind of overview episode where we just talked about the game in general, very, very realistically, you look at the orcs, the Eldari, and the Imperial Guard, Imperial Guard, and you get a very, very wide Blanket. swath of yeah, what's going on. Else. Yeah, you get a you get a taster of everything. Yeah, I was gonna say you get a little dibble dabble on everything. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say where where orcs have like, oh, this this orc crump good, this orc shoot good. It's like, oh, this Eldar fuck good. This Eldar fuck a lot. And then this Eldar fuck very little. Fuck, yeah, fuck, fuck very less. little. <laughs> they they like turning butter. <laughs> and, those, and those ones like dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Dinosaur DNA. Oh, my God, Dino DNA. How many Amish jokes am I going to have to suffer through? <laughs> hey, uh, how many Eldari does it take to lift a barn? <laughs> We have brontosauruses. I don't understand the question. I do not understand the question, sir. Sir, I am confused. Dinosaurs build everything. Are they are they called dragons? I uh, know the so back in the day the unit was called the dragoons, the fire dragoons. Oh, uh, okay, okay. The dragoon being They're like, like the, the old, exodite. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That that was that was when the exodites had like white dwarf rules. Oh, okay, okay. I think like third, fourth edition. In one of my research dives, I remember somebody referred to the the dinosaurs as dragons. Right, they here. do. Yeah, okay, they do. So we watched. Yeah, yeah. 
but that was that was from that like you said old obscure so rules. yeah so well it was just when they actually when they actually gave it a name so one of the things that they talk about as far as the exodites and why the exodites exist and why dinosaurs or dragons or whatever you want to call them big big reptile lizards big fuck off lizards are are everywhere in the galaxy that the exodites are yeah <laughs> are that the exodites took that little canister of dino dna oh did they find the shaving cream bottle <laughs> they, they, in the pile yeah, of yeah. so they basically <laughs> took like gene vaults with them when they went to these paradise worlds oh, so they were able to basically them. and they and they yeah they brought the beasts of burden that they wanted with them okay and what will probably hit a little bit on exodites in part two a little bit more on exodites in part two yeah, yeah getting ahead of ourselves. yeah we're we're yeah. definitely hitting some ancient history today but to jump right into mandatory podcast fuck around time uh we want to we we need to take a second to talk about gw and factions so like a lot of the other factions and terms over the last couple editions, we will probably mix using words like Eldari and Eldar when we talk about the factions. Um, just like with the Imperial Guard now being the Astra Militarum and the... No, s- the what? <laughs> the, the what? Astra Militarum. Wait, are you fucking with me or did I pronounce it wrong? No, you're, you're fucking with me. Right. Okay. <laughs> or like the space. No, I'll say in the what because they are the Imperial Guard, sir. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Astra Militarum, this, these nuts. These nuts. <laughs> uh, the Space Marines, often now being referred to as the Astra, or, I'm sorry, the Adeptus Astartes. And Which was always their name. That's the difference is guard were never referred to any as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Until recently. But there was a lot of name changes that GW's done in the last couple of editions that essentially deal with them uh, moving to protect their IP and the trademark. Copyright. Name yeah. change dot TM. Yeah. The, the one yeah. that I wasn't a fan of was Drakari. Yeah, Dark like Elder. A, yeah, Jakari. I was like, they're the, uh, Dark Elder. So my only my only reason that that didn't bother me as much as it you know, it may other people is yeah. as a also follower of some of the fantasy lore, the dwarves, the Dowie in fantasy mm-hmm. refer to the dark elves as Druki. Like oh, that is really? that is in Dwarven. That is what dark elves are called. Oh, okay. So it's not, <laughs> it wasn't that far <laughs> to get Dukes. to. You got them Dukes. Yeah, you got, you got. Normal elves, and you got Dukey elves. Hey, yeah. don't, don't talk to him. He's a Dukey elf. <laughs> so the reason, <laughs> so the reason behind the Eldari change from Eldar to Eldari is that Eldar, the singular of which is Elda, is a name given to the elves by Vala Orame when he first found them wandering in the starlight of Clunven, which is from the. Tolkien universe. We're going to be going through a lot of this, huh? So, nope, that's it. Nope, that's it. <laughs> no, 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 because if I do any more of that, Stephen Colbert is going to find our podcast and yell at me about how I fucking mispronounced everything yeah, I like, just said. I'm like, are we just going to be making up words for half the thought I've told you this podcast? I saw we're making up animals. But yeah, essentially, the, the word Eldar is in common. After a trademark or after a copyright expires, it it, it goes into public domain. So the word Eldar is actually in public domain because Tolkien trademarked it, and obviously that trademark it expired. That trademark Games Workshop's copyright. like, what? Oh. No, that's mine. <laughs> 
So lore-wise, Eldar is the low Gothic word for Eldari. So Eldar is... Oh. Yeah. So it's like slang. Yeah, essentially. And the Eldari, although one race see themselves as different factions, there are the craft world Eldar specifically, and they actually made an effort to make sure that all outsiders called them Eldar rather than using their own name of Eldari. The term Dark Eldar was coined by Vect in M32, but it is almost never used by the Drukari themselves. What do they refer to themselves as? Gimps? They call they call themselves the Drukari. Oh. Or the yeah. Gimps. <laughs> Come here. Come here, slave, sex slave. <laughs> Zed, baby. Zed's dead. And then and then to continue going with the lore wise reasons for why the name changed happened with the emergence of the Yanari, the Eldari people are starting to see themselves as a singular people again and they've started to use their ancestral name. So So what what is the difference between like Yanari and Eldari? So the Yanari are a sect of the Eldari people. Right. And the Yanari follow the goddess of death Yanid. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll get a little bit more into it in just a couple of minutes, actually. But basically, uh, the, the Yanid or the Yanari are a merging of all the different Eldari people back into one. Okay. okay. So if you God run, if you run, really yeah, like if, where you're from or who you talk to, right, because, if you run a Yanari army, you right. can take units from so it's like Imperium, Craft World, Corsair, and it's like, Dark it's Eldar. It's like keyword Imperium, kind it's, of, it's kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, if you want so to you kind can, of give it more of that board gaming rules kind of logic right, right. applied to so, it, yeah, it's kind of like so in a greater Imperium. Right now, there are four official ways you can play Eldari. You can play Craftworld Eldar, you can play Drakari, you can play Harlequins, or you right. can play the Yanari. So Craftworld have their own codex, Dark Eldar have their own codex, Harlequin have their own codex, Yanari can pull from all three of those codexes. Gotcha. Okay. That that's ah, essentially that the way it works. Because okay. Games Workshop is like, you want to get the cool stuff? You gotta buy three books. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, to jump stuff. onto our main topic, you guys get I mean, any any, any th- this is the time to make the Eldar so, jokes. What's the so is the I, I mean because because he was just asking kind of about the Yanari, the triumvirate of Yanid is mm-hmm. that like the council that so you need that kind of sect Yanid is the god is right. the goddess that they're praying to yeah so the triumvirate of Yanid is 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 like her representation so that's Yvrain the the one other mm-hmm. warlock seer guy and yeah. then isn't there a third one there's, there's a third I, which I can't one remember his name which one's the, Gilliman sticking it to the girl Yvrain I would hope it's. Well, I mean, I guess I don't. Care. So basically, the way the <laughs> way that they the, the way that the Yanari work. So there's a reason that the Eldari people are split into several different factions, uh, and it mostly deals with what happens after they die. Um, right. In the case of the followers of Yanid and the Triumvirate of Yanid, the souls actually swirl around Yanari. Okay. So the dead inhabit her. So the, the followers spirit stone infinity yes. matrix. Yeah. Transfer so, thing. so she's basically able to channel a bunch of them to do a bunch of stuff. That's why okay. the triumvirate of you need like exists. They're, they're scary. I, I own them. So essentially <laughs> they may end up on table at some point I mean, as part really, of my, we haven't really gone over it, but it's instead of returning them to their craft worlds, infinity circuit with a soul stone. Yeah. She basically just goes, Oh no, no, Salinesh doesn't get that. Yes. Come, essentially. Come back to me. She's power. She's, uh, 
you need herself is powerful enough to trap them to keep them yep. before they yep. go to sound and that's the, the the new god itself okay yeah. and that one was just if i remember right was more like kind of awoken recently that yeah that is a awake. recent thing yeah so is she like a warp entity or is she it's another eldar god i don't know people will get there okay. <laughs> yeah it's a, it's another eldar god okay so so there are the the best way to look at the eldar gods and we will definitely touch on the myths of the Eldar people at some point during this series. There is essentially an Eldari god that kind of facets into each one of the chaos gods right. in one way or another. Wasn't there more like nine? Yes, there are several. Yeah, but, but like, but, but you can make an argument. Yeah, you can make an argument that Cain and Corn are very right. similar right. characters. Definitely. So yeah, uh, to get on to our main topic, we are going to talk about the Eldari as a species. Rewind time. Back to the beginning of the universe. (laughs) The Eldari are an ancient and proud people. They are a humanoid Xeno species. It's easiest to think of them as space elves. Pointies. (laughs) Knife-eared. They are slightly taller and lither than humans. And although these physical forms hide an actual terrifying amount of strength. They are fair of features and agelessly elegant, sometimes even described as beautiful or strikingly handsome by humans. They have pointed ears, incredibly intense eyes. Their gaze is often, however, compared more to that of giant hunting cats and is much more intense than the gaze of a man. Hot. Yeah, I've heard (laughs) that uh, you can pretty much tell when, like, you can instantly tell when Eldar. someone is an Eldar because of the way that they, the they way that look they and move, they move everything like, yeah, like it's so elegant and like smooth and like mm-hmm. seamless that you're just like what you can tell fuck? you yeah. can tell immediately exactly a lot of times too they describe it in lore is like on first view you're like oh my god it's so beautiful it's so amazing to behold a creature like oh fuck this is scary as shit i'm gonna die the, the you, line you, that i always remember reading about the eldar was like it was i don't remember who was looking at them but it was like it was almost human yep but everything about it wasn't human yep the way mm. it moves the way it carries itself the way it talks the, its presence it didn't even speak just its presence in the room oh they're very feel human that, they're that, very like, predatory feeling that oh, you okay. just you just know yeah and you it, know it's better and faster and stronger than you yeah like a cheetah and, and it, a cat it's like yeah. all of its limbs are you know 90 percent the same as a person but that 10 percent is enough to like trigger your brain you know like to viewing it as like that is bad so like oh, like quite hand quite often <laughs> long length so fingers. quite often you hear you know people people will talk about how like a group of dolphins will gang up on a smaller shark and kill it. I imagine being a human in a room with an Eldar is like a dolphin being in a small enclosed space with like a giant great white. You know that you like oh yeah sure if there's that, enough of us jelly. we can we can take you out but it's just me and you I'm fucked. <laughs> Eldar got that dolphin jelly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dolphin jelly. That was crude no, Eldar are going to turn the <laughs> dolphin into jelly. So, yeah, they're, they're much faster. They have much better reflexes, and their reasoning and deduction skills are much sharper than humans. They're also innately connected to the warp. It's said that even the weakest Eldari Psyker has far surpassed even the most advanced humans. That might be because the Imperium kills humans that are advanced 
past a certain level, but realistically, we're talking about the Eldari people have had millions of years to hone their psychic potential. Humans have become psychically awakened in the last now 10,000 30,000 years, roughly. I think it well, started since the Emperor, no? It no, it started before the Emperor. It started really? before the Emperor. It got it it got wider spread during the age of strife, right? Yeah. So, and all so the warp storms. Yeah. That was kind of like humanity's first like awakening. Yeah. We existed prior to that mm-hmm. in a very minor capacity. Gotcha. But because we weren't like fucking with a whole bunch of warp technology, uh, it didn't really like Yeah. They weren't actively like casting spells to invite a demon to possess them. So yeah. it w- didn't really come up. Do you possess this dick, please? <laughs> <laughs> so so when the age the of strife happened, yeah. then, then the psychic awakening. And then now we've had the real psychic. Awakening. Now we've had the second psychic awakening. Yeah. So they're often considered to be long lived enough that they're functionally immortal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're usually untouched by the frailty of age or disease. They do age. They do get older, but it's just on a, very slow scale. Very slow scale. They can live a few thousand Terran years. Most often, they meet their end in the violence of war. I mean, it is 40K. Oh, so they're not... <laughs> I mean, most of these guys are not... Eldar are not dying of old age or disease. They're dying because somebody blows their brains out. Just like a space marine. Most are not considered mature until they have over a standard century of aging. That's... So, uh, that's fairly common for kind of elves across, yeah. like 100, across 100 all the Easiest way to think, if you just need a point of reference, they're space elves. They're, they literally, they follow yeah. all the rules, yep. except instead of wood, it's Wraithbone yep. for everything. The Eldar uh, often refer to humans as mammals with the slightly derogatory label of Mon Kai in the Eldari tongue. <laughs> this is okay. implying yeah, Mon Kai, that on some <laughs> level... Eldari evolved from something that was different and more advanced than primates, which might also explain why they've got a lot of like cat-like comparisons. They definitely feel like they evolved from something that wasn't a monkey. Humanoid, but not, not ape. Yes. Space furries. Space furries. Really? Is everything about whole or space furry? This is the first time I've ever said furry. No, no. We've talked about space wolves before. Have we? Yeah. I don't know if you called them space furries or if that's just where my mind goes yeah. immediately. I never really referred to space wolves as I, furries. I just wanted to mess with space wolf players. Yeah, I was more like, I mean, it's like it's a Viking. It's a hairy, hairy dude that drinks. The problem is, is every time there's an update to them, they end up more wolfy, less Viking. I, yeah. Somebody, yeah, somebody at one point was sitting down at a drawing board and was like, my two favorite things in the entire world are Vikings and werewolves. Let's put them together. And. Eh? I that, think it's a yeah. cool combination. Mm. I just it wish they would dial it back towards Viking instead mm. of instead of more towards werewolf. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, I dig it. Honestly, like it should be more of a secret thing that they have werewolves, less of a like. It is a secret thing. It's a meme. Is it though? It's supposed <laughs> to be. No I mean, one's supposed how, to know. With how many units they've got that are pretty obvious? <laughs> You're yeah. like, damn, dude. Jeff is just straight up dog now man right <laughs> man that's really weird jeff got his arm torn off in that last battle yeah and now your wolf has a mechanical arm that was it's also responding to jeff no no it's totally a wolf i just bought that it's, it's not it jeff, jeff. Yeah. we, just we named, named it in honor of jeff <laughs> anyway this is not a space wolves episode <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> so the m the eldari once controlled the entire galaxy so after the war in heaven and the red harvest as the necrons went into hibernation hold up, hold up. including terra uh they and they can they controlled the entire galaxy oh. 
This was, I mean, we're, we are talking. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah, war yeah. in like, heaven and the, the red Earth harvest probably even was formed as a planet. took place a million years before Terrans reached sentience. I was just curious if, if they had fucked with Terra or if that had specifically been skipped. We'll, we'll get into Terra in a minute. <laughs> we'll get into who fucked with Terra in a minute. So, so where, where did the, are we going to get into where they came from? Yes. Okay. So after the war in heaven and the red harvest, as the Necrons went into hibernation and the galaxy began to recover, the Eldar inherited the webway and vast portions of the old one's old empire rising to become a galaxy spanning and mostly idyllic empire. Well, hold up. That doesn't get to what he was asking where I, they came from. We're get, we, further, further I, up, we are literally doing an overview and okay. then we're going to jump into there history. Go back. All right. Yep. Cool. Cool. So they're highly psychic in nature with even the power to overcome death. They were able to fade into the immaterium before being born again later on where the Necron had mastery over the physical universe, the Eldari inherited mastery over the immaterium from the old ones. An ancient Eldar might be able to read a man's thoughts at a mere glance while one trained for war could crush a foe with merely the squint of an eye. Those who mastered the psychic potential of their race, the seers and leaders of the Eldari, can extend their lifespans to encompass several thousands of years. I got a butt joke. As you have a butt joke? Yeah. Squint of an eye. I don't even need the whole joke. I can kill you with the clench of my. I've got. I've got. You know, know, this wet. What is the? What is the? uh, What is the? There are some who have powers that are considered unnatural in the Eldarians. There are some seers who have powers that some might consider unnatural. Winking. No one was even looking at Jeff. How did he explode? Oh, that Eldar's butt's pointed this way. He must have winked. Get shit on. So you mentioned earlier that one of the things that separates space elves from elf elves is Wraithbone. Right. So their technology is based on a form of psychic engineering called bone singing. And an Eldari can create weapons and structures or even matter through mental manipulation alone. As a side effect of these extraordinary powers, Eldars are inclined more towards the extremes than a human may be, both mentally and emotionally. They experience life in all its wonders much more intensely from the exhilaration of battle and the bliss of Nirvana to all the sensations and layered pleasures that lay in between. Most Eldari will achieve magnificent accomplishments far surpassing their earlier achievements over their entire lifetime but they will also suffer from crushing depths of sorrow and extreme doubt their emotional connection to the warp is many times more amplified than a human's this mental and emotional intensity is bound to a spiritual connection which affects many aspects of their past and current culture however with such psychic powers, long lives, and emotional heights always come at a cost. At Great the height, responsibility. <laughs> I was about to say, you beat me to it. <laughs> at the yes. height of their power, sometime between M25 and M30, through their own hubris and hedonism, what does that they mean? birthed hubris and or hedonism. hedonism. Both. So hubris is, I am too cool to fail. Okay. And hedonism is, oh man, sex is great. But what if we had sex twice 
on a on a space elevator that was, that was crashing to a planet. Oh man, having sex on a space elevator that's crashing to the planet was awesome. What if we had sex on a space elevator crashing to the planet while murdering somebody? Like pride oh man, sex. that was awesome. What he, if that he elevator landed on other people having yeah. sex? Yeah, hedonism is like uh, excessive ex- excess in all things. Ex- excess in all things. Yeah, but generally speaking, it usually ends up into like weird sex stuff. Okay. I mean that's really like, kind of the like end, blood, blood the end and game. blood and sheets and stuff, right? That would be a type of hedonism, yes. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that in a future episode. No, we already did talk about that. We did. That was I the did. vampire, yeah. yeah. No, no, we talked about Vampire the Masquerade. You missed it. Yeah, you missed a good we, one. We dude. we talked Actually, about I Vampire the Masquerade. Back yeah, that was, um, that was a fun little PC game. So did Tom and I. Uh-huh. Oh, not the yeah, PC they, game. Oh, yeah. oh, you guys LARPed it. <laughs> they they yeah. LARPed it, yeah. nerds. Yep. <laughs> so to, just there to meet women, man. So oh, to, dude, I met a girl who used to LARP that. Yep. Of course she did. That's yeah, that. I learned a lot. Who doesn't? Who hasn't? I learned a lot anyway. in that episode. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. Yeah. I was like, damn, they do what? <laughs> <laughs> they suck toes? What? They were all super <laughs> good at giving blowjobs. That's the best way to get blood out of a, out of a, out of a victim is you suck on their toes. Oh well, yeah, gravity. You don't believe me, journey. do you? Yeah, right. See, yeah, yeah. yeah see, you throw a meat hook into yeah. their shoulder blade. Kevin knows. I'm uncomfortable. It's like, and if you and, and let's, let's just to put it out there, if you slit their jugular and then suck on their toes, that's like shotgunning a human. Yeah, yeah, because it's like opening up the flow. Yeah, yeah I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You just see, guys, it all comes back to toes. All right. So to get back to where we were, Nate, do you now understand hedonism and hubris? Yes. All right. At the height of their power. I was doing it for our listeners. Just, just, just mind you. Sure. Sure. Just for our listeners. At the height of their power. I'm going to get you a pocket map. <laughs> I knew what that meant. I'm going to get you a pocket world map. So when you're having arguments with people, you can hey, pull man, it out. People are going to thank me when they listen to this. They'll be like, you know what? Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you for, 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 for helping me out. So at the height of their power, sometime between M25 and M30, mostly through their hedonism and hubris, the Eldari people birthed the fourth chaos god Slanish. Talk about ultimate hangover. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) They refer to Slanish as she who thirsts. This event tore out the heart of the Eldari civilization, and they have been in decline ever since. So how was she born? Slanish hungers for all souls... But none are more satisfying and more alluring than those of the Eldari people. So essentially, even though this is a very, very, very large generalization, the Eldari hate fucked a god into existence. But that's there's no kind way, nice of not a really good way to describe it because it kind of brings up this idea that it was just sex that did it. Right. But it was, it was, but it was literally everything taken to excess. Murder, murder call at the height of the Eldari's dark chapter, which we will get to murder cults were huge. Death cults were huge, you know, rock and roll, sex, drugs and rock and roll. You also have to remember that the reason it got to that level of extreme is because they were all essentially immortal. They would be bored, right? Well, so like if you got nothing better to do. You bang your way to murder, and then you're just you just start over again. Yeah, and and you might be reborn, and you might be like butter gets a little old, and you may be like, hey, the one thing I haven't experienced yet is having my my throat slit while I'm fucking somebody, and since I know I'm going to be reborn, let's do it. There's no consequences, so like, might as well. Yeah, I need this experience. I need to chase this experience. I've never I've never skydived from a. Imperial, not Imperial, in an Eldari battle cruiser 
into the fucking atmosphere without a parachute. I want to know what that feels like. I'm going to be reborn anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like that entire idea of nothing has any nothing permanent has any consequence, consequence. So you might as well try. I'm going to do everything. everything. I need every experience. I need every every piece of satisfaction. And at what point does pleasure no longer satisfy you and you have to turn to pain? And at what point does pain no longer satisfy you so you have to turn to torturing other people? I mean, it's almost sad, you know? Oh, it is. It's oh, yeah, supposed it's, to be a tragedy. It's an yeah. incredibly because dark story. Before they got to there, they were artists, poets, right. theater. You know, they did all kinds of everything else. Yep. And then that got boring. And then they moved on. Yep. So as of the 41st millennium, there are five major subcultures of the Eldari species. The pointy ears, knife ears, <laughs> knife ears, <laughs> saw blade tips, pointy heads, waifus, and waifus, that's Tao, that's Tao, waifus is Tao. <laughs> the Asuriani are the craft world Eldari. The Drukhari are the dark Eldar. It's Azuriani. As Azuriani. Azurani. Yes, you're on. As you're on. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I'm probably wrong, too. Yeah, I think it's, it's the Azurani. Yes, because it's, yes, it's not a Z, it's an S. Okay. Azurani. The Craft World Eldari, the Drukari, the Dark Eldar, the Harlequins, the Exodites, and the Yanari. There are also bands of Eldari that fall outside of these five major groups, often as pirates, mercenaries, and warlords. In general, these are all underneath either the Eldari outcasts. And the Eldari Corsairs. Rebooters. Kind of. So technically, the Rangers are Eldari outcasts. Right. They oh. follow a very specific path, but their path says that they'll work for any Eldari period. Right. They essentially oh. forsake whatever craft world or whatever yep. that they were when they joined that path. Yep. For coin? They're, no. They follow just the path of, of the outsider. It's kind of just out of loyalty to their race. Yep. Kind of thing. Corsairs follow the path of the coin. something else. <laughs> the, path the path of, of the, the dollar. The, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the yeah. path of Skrulla. That the <laughs> the outcasts and the corsairs we will cover a little bit later. Probably part two or part. Three. I actually really like the. Little, the corsairs are the pretty corsairs are really cool. cool. And the corsairs are not to be confused. Although the Imperium does this often with the Drukari, they are different. Right. Yeah. Because so the rather than I mean I guess we could just do a little bit about it now. Yeah, go for yeah. it. So like the like you're saying they because the Drukari are also raiders, but the Corsairs are more like they're they're piratey but not here to steal your slaves. They're just here to, to steal your have shit. a good time actually. So um, I remember reading one really cool thing about the Corsairs that I really liked is it's because they don't have an infinity circuit because mm -hmm. they don't really have like a proper craft world to base from. Right. They don't get to respawn. Oh, so when a, when a Corsair dies, real they die for real. Yeah. yeah. So they're actually they're kind of like out there chasing that adrenaline high. Oh, of like okay. going out in a blaze of glory. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they're kind of like the the orcs. <laughs> like, they're like, like you're like freebooters. Yeah. They they do mercenary work, but it's it's kind of all in the chase of like the biggest thrill. Yeah. They're like we out here. We, we if here, we die, we, I, we die, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it real real nice and deep, like in the booty. No, no, no. Gonna get they're they're going to get die. eaten really slowly by Slanesh. Their yeah. souls are going to be very, that is very the downside slowly. Is eventually, they, yeah. they go to Slanesh afterwards. Right, but right. like they go out in a blaze of glory chasing that adrenaline of combat, okay. Okay. which is pretty cool. I thought that was really cool. Moving right along. Tasty. Yeah, so they, they'll, they'll follow the path of damnation or the path of the outcast. We'll talk about paths a little bit later. 
Damnation, actually, that makes sense for what they would call that because essentially they're just fighting till they die yeah. and go to Slanesh. Yeah, although although depending on the craft worlder you're talking to, the craft worlders will also say that the Drakari follow the path of damnation. We'll get into okay. paths a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the Assyriani fled the Eldari homeworlds before the birth of Slanesh with continent to moon sized spacecraft that are referred to as craft worlds. Craft worlds fled the center of the old Eldar Empire, now the growing and turbulent warp storm known as the Eye of Terror. Craft worlds are now far flung and wide across the galaxy, only connected by labyrinthian corridors of the webway. Asuriani or craft world Eldar seek to protect their souls from being devoured by Slanish at the moment of their death through the use of soul stones and the Asuriani Pass. Soul stones are tech that trap the soul before it can ascend into the immaterium. These soul stones are then joined into the craft world's infinity circuit, as Kevin's mentioned. Paths are rigorous sets of self-discipline and mental and moral codes that an Eldar walks in order to keep their soul from becoming too connected and visible within the immaterium during their lives. That pretty much sums up the craft world Adari. The infinity circuit is a giant soul suppository. Not suppository. A giant soul suppository. I mean, it looks like thing you want to say. It's kind of like the Matrix. Yes, it's it's a it's a big interconnected network of database of souls souls that exists at the center of a craft world and if i remember right can can't they like consult with it to get like ancient wisdom they can consult with it to get ancient wisdom they can also call upon the souls in the infinity circuit to defend the craft world with the use of wraith constructs Oh, okay we'll talk about that my favorite the creepy they are really cool yeah but they're also really they are kind of spooky they're they're terrifying the whole idea of like i've been dead for a thousand years and now i'm being called out of my like rest to fight for my world because my world needs me that bad because my world doesn't really exist yeah. it's, and like it's, a, it's, a, it's like it a dreadnought it's like a dreadnought the same yep. as a dreadnought yep, but close. instead of being entombed in it forever they're put into an infinity circuit and then they're ripped violently from it and forced into a construct. Turned into yep. a battery. Yeah, yep. basically. All to turn a human being from this into this. You just made the battery reference. It's another it's a, matrix joke. Yeah, it's, it's oh, the okay. Morpheus. It's the thing Morpheus says. Uh, oh my God. I, I know what you're talking about. My about. God <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Dude, Matrix came out like 20 years ago, man. I know, dude. It blows my mind. Hey, the fourth one's coming out. There's a fourth Dude, one? Yeah, he, he yeah. Kept, actually he kept the, just dropped kept the, the trailer. Hair. I know, yeah. I like it. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. But that's off topic. Let's yep. not let's not sidetrack. The Jakari fled the Eldari homeworlds during the fall directly into the webway and now reside in a massive city of interconnected webway portals called Komara. So Komara is a very, very interesting city. Technically, you could go from like you like say you're walking down a street. Or, you know. Isn't it kind of like everywhere at once kind of thing? Yes. So you you could be on a planet somewhere in the Imperium one second and be on the other side of the galaxy in another second. And to you, you just walk down the street. Yeah. And because Komara is all of these little tiny pieces of all of these different places that exist, it at once is incredibly hard to find, but dumb massive. Yeah. If I remember right, it's like a, it's like as if you took a bunch of planets and then stacked them together. Yep. 
in like a weird yeah and the artwork is super cool because the looks so there's cool. such a hard way of understanding what's up and what's down in the city so of the dark eldar you, you remember those like i think it was what is it escher mc yep. escher yeah paints like the the scenes where it's like a bunch of staircases going in right, all the right and you're like wait this is literally impossible yeah kimura's like that kimura's like that hmm so also referred so like up to, is down and yeah. all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. It's like Inception. Yeah. Like With like the, the city's like the city 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 like yeah. yeah, it's very much like that. We'll probably end up doing at some point an episode or several on Kimura. Also called the Dark Eldar, in many ways, the Jakari never gave up the hedonistic and extremely violent and perverse practices that led to the birth of Slanish. Their society operates by way of piracy. The souls of slaves are the currency of the dark city of Kimura. What I mean by that is their their currency, their economy is 100% based on the souls of the people that they have captured and forced into slavery. Probably the worst fate in the galaxy. Mm -hmm. They follow what the Assyriani consider the path of damnation. Embracing the death, sex, drugs, and extreme body manipulations that were common during the decline of the Eldar. And rock and roll. Now, when... So, Craftworld Eldar basically le left that life, right? When, yes. When Slanesh was, like, devouring they, everything. No. So, Craft... Before that? Before that. So, okay. Craft... So... So Craftworld Eldar got the idea that it was happening, but they got the idea, like, a little too late. Just a wee on the yeah. edge. Think think about like like if you want to compare it to something that's relatively prescient in current culture, we have a lot of like disaster movies. There's always the group of people during the disaster movie that like in the 1960s are like the meteor is coming. We're moving to the hills. That's the exodites. Then you have the people in like 1998 that are like, oh no no no, we see the meteor. It's gonna be here in 2021. We need to leave now or we're all going to die. And the government goes, nah, ain't going to happen, dog. So the, those people leave in 1998. The government is the majority of the Eldari people who die. And then the Dark Eldar are the ones that are like, Meteor, we're joining you. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to come ride that <laughs> Hey, or you and me, we're that, lit, fam. Is that a Meteor? I'm going to put my dick in it. <laughs> or if you want another analogy, there's a party. The people who are like, this party's lame, I'm out, Exodites. No, no, no. The, <laughs> the people the people that get the flyer for the party and are like, no, I'm not going are the Exodites. Are the Exodites. The people so... who dip early are the craft worlders. And then they happen to be dipping like right as the cops show up. Right. You know? And the Dark so Eldar like, are like, where's the after over. party? The people who get... <laughs> the Dark yeah. Eldar are the ones who hid in the basement. The people... Like, cops are joining this party. The people <laughs> who get arrested by the cops are the Eldar that died. They're and then the people the that are still fucking at the party, even as the cops are trying to break them up, are the Dark Eldar. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That, that good where, where are the Harlequins in this? Uh, they're the go-go dancers. We'll get there. Who just disappeared. So, so as we mentioned with the, the Asuriani, the Asuriani use soul stones in the Infinity Circuit to stave off the advance of Slanish. The Dark Eldar stave off the ever-present hunger of Slanish by torturing and very slowly feeding off of the souls of others, postponing their own inevitable So, death. like, they're basically feeding their own soul with 
Like, so they recharge their soul right. by eating the souls of the people that they've captured for currency. Right. And then they slowly feed withers. Yeah. Yeah. Slanesh kind of slowly straw sucks it. Yep. Yeah. And then they're like straw sucking a soul out of somebody else at the same time. They're very yeah. much vampires in yeah. a lot of ways. Okay. Essence wise vampires. Unshi, the uh, Tao ethereal, is actually on Kimura. He's in one of the fighting pits. Oh yeah, oh. that's cool. Yep. Yeah. So the 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 Tao made a deal with the Drukari to fight against the Tyranids. It did not go well for the Tao. Well, no, that's not, that's, well not, for anybody, that's not where Unshi ended up. Unshi was actually captured in a raid or something. No, he Unshi was trying was, to, he was trying to find Farsight and, uh, Unshi oh. went to, uh, Arthas Malak, which is where Farsight found the Dawnblade and like fought the demons. Malak's Arthas Malak. Yeah. Malak's. <laughs> so he was fighting demons there and, uh, Unshi actually like went there many years after as like an expedition and he found a webway gate. The webway gate opened, and the fucking Dark Eldar were like, sup? Like, <laughs> like they like, like jumped in, and like, and she's like, oh, shit. And then he ends up like getting into a fight with a bunch, yeah. and they capture him and a bunch of other Tau. And then he like wakes up, and he's in a cage with like other Tau. That's crazy. In, in Kimura, and they basically, they, he's in a fighter pit. They just yeah. make him fight constantly. That's cool. There's another ethereal. I can't remember his name, but he was actually... So there's a very long story that we'll, we'll probably get into at some point when we cover Tau. But the Tau made a deal with the Dark Eldar. I think we might have talked we, about this on the podcast. Yeah, we mentioned times. it before. Um, at least on stream, I think we've talked about it. Yeah. And they, and they wanted seven They wanted seven ethereals or 77 soldiers and to, they got to the trade with 77 them. 77 soldiers, right? They got 77 soldiers, but they made the deal like three times. The, the, oh, the Tau, for some reason, kept making deals with Vect, and Vect kept being an asshole because he likes to pull people apart slowly. And yeah. put them back together with different people. Yeah, yeah, we did differently. <laughs> with other people. Yeah. I'm going to borrow Tom's arm. <laughs> I'm going to borrow your leg. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. (laughs) I can't walk straight. That's funny. (laughs) Now we're going to make it fight. (laughs) Yeah, but there's a there's another ethereal that got that got captured and thrown in the fighting pits that way. So the Harlequins are servants of the Eldari laughing god. (laughs) Sekarak, who is the only god of the Eldar people to have escaped the fall of the Eldar. They now reside deep in the webway and are protected from the thirst of Slanish by their god's power. They are the keeper of a vast library of chaos knowledge known as the Black Library. If you guys are wondering where the Black Library term comes from. I always thought that was a, like a secret Inquisition library. Nope. Until I learned that one a couple of days ago. <laughs> they are the only Eldari who move freely among all other factions, and their purpose is to maintain the myths, legends, and oral histories of the Eldari people and to ensure the continued survival of the entire Eldari culture. So that would be the Eldari culture as a total. Oh, so it's pronounced Kegarak, not Segarak. I've heard uh, Segaro. I've heard Segarak. Okay. It's Kegarak. 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 Okay, cool. I was like, I'm going to look this shit up. Kegarak. Yeah, well, it well, look like I'm sorry that I pronounced it Segarak and you had to prove me wrong. I like Segaro. Segarak. Like I, I, I like Kegarak sounds cooler, yeah. but Kegarak's all right. Kegarak, I like it. You want to crack open a Kegarak? <laughs> right, I'm like Keg. Huh? All right. The Exodites saw Actually, the coming. Up. Before you get there, I got distracted by what he said. I had, I had a little question. 
So you said that Kegarak yeah. is the only god to escape the fall yes. of the Eldar? Yes. Where does that leave you need? You need is a new god. Oh, you need didn't exist yeah. in the beginning. Okay. Yep. Oh. That explains that. And then I thought, um, you need may also not be a god, right? It's just more of an entity. You need might be another chaos entity, (laughs) but also isn't Cain kind of still around? Well, Cain got like shattered or something. Cain is Cain is dead, but pieces of Cain reside in several different places. And if you enter the shrine of Cain, you can inhabit a shard of Cain and become an avatar of Cain. Okay. But Cain as a whole doesn't really exist. It's it's Uh, more like a Catan shard. Technically Aisha is still alive as well. Isn't she prison? She is imprisoned in Nurgle's garden and Nurgle uses her to experiment. with. Yeah. Yeah. She basically can't die. He experiment. He tests all of his zero. Yeah. He tests all of his new plagues on her. Is she like the Nurgle equivalent of, uh, no, like she's the Eldar? opposite. Kind of. She was like, like the yes goddess. No. She yeah. was like the goddess of life and right. stuff. And in a lot of ways, you can make the very good argument that Nurgle is the god of life and stuff. Yeah. I mean, in a way, yes. <laughs> yes. The cycle of life. It's just the gross parts. Right. right. But it is life nonetheless. Yeah. He is a gardener. He is a gardener. He does have a very beautiful garden, they say. A it's an incredibly large. poisonous garden. I was about to say, I but, think it's more of a vast garden. I've heard it. I've heard it described as beautiful. I mean, if if you like trees made out of people, I guess you know. Is that beauty is in the eye? Is that what he's working with? When we cover the chaos gods, I think we'll probably talk about all their different all their different (laughs) realms. The worst one, (laughs) the worst one is uh, is the realm of Zine, uh, not Zinch, of Slanish. It's like a beautiful, picturesque paradise world, like covered in beaches and everything. And everybody yeah. that meets you, it's every pleasure you've ever it's imagined. Everything you never want, and it's only the pleasures. It's not the like sick, twisted pleasures. It's only the 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 paradise the, like, normal pleasures. Good pleasures. But if you decide to like stop and rest, you're fucked. Traveling through the planes of the chaos gods is interesting. Yeah, the, each each plane of chaos existence is crazy. Yeah, rest is in like. I can't, I can't fuck anymore. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're like the, like the plane of slanish. And yeah. the point where you stop eating is the point where your soul expires. Yeah. Oh, so you just keep eating and eating and eating and eating. As long as you keep eating, you won't feel full and you'll enjoy the experience. But as soon as you stop, yeah, the regret sets oh. in and then you explode. Damn, that's that's you become you become yeah, yeah, and then you see what's really going on, and then essentially you become part of the buffet. Yep, because I I don't remember if what I was reading, but it was something along the lines of like the the people would eat, yeah, and they would just die on the table, and the other people would walk up and just start eating eating them. them. Oh fuck! Yeah, the realm of slanish is interesting, and it's not not the word I would use, and it's not like the way that it's described is it's not like hardcore deep fucking that you experience. It's like it's like pleasant, the exquisite. Height of romantic lovemaking. Yeah. Yeah. Until you realize that. Until you realize you're being. Yeah. (laughs) And you're being screwed by crabs or something. Yeah. Oh, basted like a turkey. Basted by crabs. And by crabs, I mean like giant crustaceans. Yep. (laughs) Also known as tyranids. (laughs) (laughs) So the Exodites saw the coming consequences of the hedonism of the Eldari people well before it actually descended into what it became. So these are people who saw the the writing on the wall like a thousand years before it got to a point where there were death cults and stuff. 
They migrated as far from the center of the empire as they could, much, much earlier than the Assyriani, settling on untamed and verdant paradise worlds called Maiden Worlds. Exodites maintain a system close to the paths of the Assyriani by living simple and sustainable lives, focusing on hard work and only enjoying small and simple pleasures. As an example, they hunt for food or practice in manual agrarian activities. They hand make goods and furniture rather than relying on mass production. They specifically go out and tame wild animals for use as pack animals. Much like the Assyriani, Exodites are protected from the soul thirst of Slanish by unifying their souls upon death with the world spirit of their home's planets. Exodites, however, do maintain a very high level of military and weapon-grade technology. The world spirit, or the world spirits, are a lot like the Infinity Circuit. They're just on Exodite homeworlds. Most Exodites do not have wraith constructs. It's a kind of against their belief system. I don't feel that that lore is written very well, which is why I run my Exodites with wraith constructs. I don't see why they wouldn't. Because necromancy is bad juju. It's not. That's not the way it's explained. It's explained that the world spirit can't retransfer into something which doesn't make any sense essentially the world tree can't regurgitate the spirits right so the way that i basically and when when we cover when we cover their ancestors like the blue people in avatar yeah uh and slanesh can't get way way before where before the blue people of avatar were written uh, the but exodites, the exodites, yeah. Copy uh, the exodites are very, the exodites are very Native American uh, analogous, Anal- analogous, analogous. Yeah, one of those words. Analogous, analogous. Oh, what the fuck that means? That the Native Americans are to the exodites as knights in armor are to the Space Marines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a word for that. It's an analogy, a metaphor. Analogy. Okay. Yeah. Right. Analogous. Analogous no, is, analog, is an, the act okay. of having an anal log uh, this. I'll remember that. I word. Just turned, so, so it's just I just an, turned into Mark for like a second there. So, so it's analogy, but a different way of saying yeah. it. It's a, yeah. it's, Rather it, than saying its analogy is this, you right. say this is an analogous of this. It's gotcha. like the condensed version of the whole sentence. Uh, that's the first time I ever heard that. Yeah. It's not very often used. It's, <laughs> I don't. I don't fault you for that. I do. Everyone does. Everyone does. The Yanari, also called the Reborn, are a religious sect of Eldari drawn from all over the other factions. They serve the partially awakened Eldari god of the dead, Yanid. Currently, they are led by Yanid's high priestess and prophet, Yavrain, the daughter of shades. They are the newest subculture, having come to prominence just before the coming of the Great Rift and the Indominus Era. The reborn seek the full awakening of Yanid, who will then do battle with Slanish, destroying the Chaos God and restoring the Eldari people to their lost greatness. Yanari no longer fear Slanish's thirst, for upon death they become one with Yanid. So that's when you're saying that like Yanid kind of just takes their soul, protects them from Slanish. So, so yeah, Yavrain, as the daughter of Shades, is able to essentially channel the souls of the dead, the dead warriors that used to fight. So every essentially any time an Eldari in the Yanari faction dies, their power, their knowledge, and their experience 
tra- is captured and travels to Yvrain. So Yvrain is just getting more and more and more powerful. Wait, so, so who's oh, she actually draws from that? Okay. Who, who's Yvrain? Who's you need? I've seen the model. You needs the god. Okay. You need is the god. Yvrain. Okay. Okay. Yvrain is the. With the big head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one get, getting stuck by. by oh, you mean girl, out yeah. of the three models, what is what? There's a third one. There are three There's models that come in. The Drakari guy. The, no, the, the, the triumvirate. The seer guy, the warlock farseer dude. Okay. I uh, can't remember his name. There's Ivrain, hair girl, banging oh. Bobby G. Right. And then there's a third one. Which I, is the one with that's like got the crazy like water shit shifting out her ass all over flying. Yeah, hold, hold on. Oh you guys are you yeah, guys are, know which model you guys are totally fucking this up. Hold on no. a second. <laughs> you're you're all wrong. <laughs> hold on. But uh while you looked that up, uh I was thinking I found another analogy here. This whole um uh, you need stealing their soul for the big battle with Slinesh at the end of time. Doesn't that uh, kind of sound like the Emperor recruiting worthy Space Marine souls to fight in the final battle? What? None of you guys heard that? That sounds what? like fucking heresy to me. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. There's there's a huge thing. I know what he's talking about. I'm yeah. just pretending. Oh, I was like, all right, I can't be the only one who's read this. No, uh, what? So it's said that Space Marines who die in a worthy fight, like instead of going to Valhalla like a Viking would, you go, your soul going, goes to join the, the Emperor right. at his side in the final battle. So Legion of the Damned? They never really explain what it is. Maybe it's the Legion of the Damned. Maybe it's a battle going on in the webway. Maybe it's something else. It's like it's never really explained deeply. It's that's just, pretty, that's pretty cool. It's the concept that if you die gloriously as a space marine, that's not the end. That there could be more shit that they do so with you later. Maybe maybe it's Legion of the Damned. Maybe it's Grey Knights. Maybe it's fuck you. Who knows? <laughs> maybe maybe, it's, man, fuck maybe you. it's fuck you. Yeah. I don't know, man. So the triumvirate of you need is... Ukraine, the avatar of Yanid, wreathed in roaring psychic hurricane, invigorating the spirits of the Eldari around them. The Ukraine comes armed with a sword of souls, which takes many forms. That's Yanid. <laughs> that is Ukraine. Avatar the Ukraine, who is the avatar of Yanid. Yavrain, the emissary of Yanid, is clad in the style of the ancient Eldari and accompanied by a Psychic familiar known as a Grinx. I was going to say it's the kitty cat, right? Yep. She carries the crone sword, Kavur, the sword of sorrows. She, Yvrain, is the one who helped resurrect Gilliman. Gilliman. Gotcha. So Yanid is a Yanid is a god. Yanid is a god. Right. The Yagrain, the Ukraine, that it's Y-N Carne. Carne. Y Carne. The Ecarne. The Ecarne. God Ecarne. Got it. Yeah. yeah. The Ecarne uh, like is the avatar of the god. So it's like the avatar of Cain, but this is but right. God. This, the avatar this, of you need. Yeah, yeah, the avatar of you need. And then the Vizicar, the sword of you need, is Yvrain's chosen champion, clad in Baroque armor of the ancient. That's the third one. Belishan style. He channels the lost souls he has accumulated to become That's an ever the dark more lethal opponent. Guy, right? With no, the yes. red armor. That, Yes. Yeah. Oh, I guess he is kind he's, of dark. He, lo- yeah. he looks like a, like he's, a, he's a fucking like a cabalite. Cool. They all look fucking cool they as shit. Really yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. It is a very, very cool set. I am super looking forward to putting it together and painting it. And now that you said it, um, or something I remember from my, my research is, so she's got one of the crone swords you said. Yep. And there's some kind of thing where if they get all the crone swords and put them together, it resurrects you need or something like that i think it resurrects kane kane okay uh, yeah the, the crones there so there's a lot was, that's how they resurrected you need for the final battle with slender yeah but there there's enough well. 
myth. So, so the entire Eldar history is taught through myth and legend and oral tradition. Right. Um, so and, it's all and their vague. gods and all of the stories around their gods are very interesting. But it, And it's literally one of those things where like we will probably come back and touch on the Eldari people a lot in the next hopefully years of the podcast because it's a very very deep well to tap it's like tapping space marines I there's so much for, in the space years marines. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost at the six month mark brother that's Damn. it <laughs> it's april may june july august oh yeah we are at the six month I'm tired mark. of y'all <laughs> tired of y'all marky's like i'm done Tired of disrespectful. <laughs> yeah <laughs> man all right so we're gonna touch on the history we're gonna start touching on the history we're gonna get through just a couple of different things and then we're gonna break and pick it up in part two but let's get started here with the last couple of uh minutes that uh, the last like 15 20 minutes of the podcast so we're going to talk about the creation of the Eldari people. I was wondering when we were get to this part. <laughs> so a long time ago, there was a thing called the war in heaven. The first sentient beings to advance enough to become a galaxy spanning civilization were a reptilian race known by the Eldari as the old ones. The old ones technology, reasoning and understanding were at such an advanced level as to be indistinguishable to humanity, even at its height of power from magic which is pretty crazy considering that the humans possessed ridiculous technology technology at one point would be considered magic even basically to them oh yeah and then and then the the necron and their crazy ass technology so when a mommy old one and a daddy old one like each other very much they'd seed an entire planet and a new species is born yes (laughs) is that what you were getting at yes so this mastery allowed the old ones to manipulate alternate dimensions of real space as well as undertake great projects of psychic engineering in the immaterium the old ones spread across the entire galaxy not only spawning their own descendant races, but as they saw all intelligent life as sacred, they seeded and modeled planets that they came across to meet their criteria for the advancement of life. It is believed by some of the mechanicus that even Terra and humanity felt the effects of the gene engineering and tailoring of planets made by the old ones. I, I thought the old ones were confirmed as having made all the races in the galaxy, except for the Necron Tears. It is believed by some of the Mechanicus that even Terra and humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Mechanicus don't know shit. It's basically, there's basically certain, well, so, so we're having, we're having the discussion of what has been confirmed as meta knowledge versus what's lore. Okay. So lore wise, it is theorized that they seeded everything. Right. It's pretty much been confirmed meta wise that they did. Yeah, meta wise is what, yeah. I, what I'm saying is that meta wise they should they're responsible. I was for saying mechanic is burn incense and pray to a god that doesn't exist. They have died. No, the god exists. The dragon is definitely imprisoned on Mars. And it is also probably most definitely a Satan. But we're talking about that later. <laughs> But it does exist. The Messiah, the, the Omnicide, no, the Void, the Void Dragon, the Omnicide. So is there's a Void Dragon. The, yes. Wait, wait, the Mechanicus. <laughs> yes. The Mechanicus Long will get their own years. episode. That is not this episode. He has just dropped his bomb at me like two. You've never heard of You've never heard of the, never heard of the no. Void Dragon. 
Oh my god, dude! I've heard of the Void Dragon. I've never oh, heard well, of. I was about to say that being you know what? the I will, Omnis Highest. I will give you the book that has that in. Well, the, the Void Dragon. Tom, you dude, read it. the Void Tom gave me <laughs> the Void 15 Dragon. It's like two years ago. It's 15 still hours. It, fifteen, 15 hours. hours. It's still sitting on my desk. The Void Dragon. It's literally fifteen hours long. I, I, the Void. Probably how not much even. shit can happen in fifteen hours? The Void man. Dragon. The Void. <laughs> I gave up. The void, <laughs> the void dragon. The void. So the void dragon is probably easier compared to like a holy ghost than the om- the omnisaya would be God, the emperor would be Jesus, and the void dragon would be the holy ghost. Is is a more apt comparison, and that's not really a good comparison. I was going to say that. I mean, that's all right of a comparison. Uh, but, but he I understands guess. Catholicism, right? And he understands that there is a a what are they called holy a trinity. trinity yeah the holy trinity and he understands that even though the holy trinity is all one entity it it's is very kind of distinctly not. three not one whole entities yeah all right so it took me a long time to realize that jesus wasn't god but he is but he is but he isn't but he isn't but he is <laughs> but he is De- dear okay, none of this helps baby jesus <laughs> i like to pray to, like to the baby jesus. baby jesus in his little manger <laughs> listen you pray to whatever jesus you want to i pray to my baby jesus. god damn it grip i've had so much mountain dew i might jump over this table and slap the old out you old man <laughs> oh my god shaking big back on topic <laughs> all right so good <laughs> So the old ones spread across the entire galaxy, not only spawning their own descendant races, but seeding many. Again, there's a mechanicus theory that even Terra and humanity were gene tailored and manipulated by the old ones. Old one civilization reached the height of their power around 60 million years ago, and they were responsible for the creation of advancements of most of the currently active intelligent races in the galaxy. This includes the Eldari, the Cork, the Slan and the Jokera. Uh Jakaro. Jakaro. Yeah. Which are those are the orangutan dudes, right? Yep. yep. That are yeah. like really good at micro. Jakaro weaponsmiths. Yeah. Dude, they're really called. cool. They are, really, are cool. really cool. Yeah, you take them with like uh inquisitors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because they can make like crazy tech. Yeah. But they really don't give a shit about anything. They yeah. literally just build stuff and then go fuck off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> As potent psychics who use the power of the warp. For faster than light travel and many, many other projects, they also constructed the instantaneously uh, the instantaneous FTL system of portals and paths that later led to the creation of the webway. We've mentioned the webway a couple of times so far. The webway is basically like a giant Super instant highway. subway system inside the warp. Yeah, the highway. Super yeah. highway. Yeah. The Necron tier who would later become the Necron, advanced into a star-spanning civilization around the Halo stars sometime during the Old One's rise. Constantly beset by ionizing solar winds and radiation storms, the Necron tier lived incredibly short and brutal lives. Because of this, their culture centered around death and the ideas of what came in the afterlife. The Necron tier are probably most easily compared to like ancient Egypt. Space Egyptians. Yeah. Spegyptians. Spegyptians. Eventually, (laughs) eventually they moved off their homeworld and into the stars seeking a respite from this, just these awful conditions. They mastered stasis and antimatter to spread. The Necron tier dynasties spread and started to claim large chunks of the galaxy albeit incredibly slowly. Their antimatter ships 
were really, really powerful, but really, really slow. Because they didn't warp travel. They essentially they, yep. just, just slow boated it the whole yep. way there. They encountered, they eventually encountered the old ones who had mastered the psychic realms at this point and achieved actual near immortality. Old ones pretty much only died in violence. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's like incredibly uncommon for an Eldar to die of something other than war and violence, but Eldar do technically die it's at a certain right. point. So what, what were the old ones? People, I, I know people have said like little things like, oh, they're like the Sylvaneth or some shit. Like they're the not slan. Sylvaneth. The uh, Slan. The Slan. The lizard or, men. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's uh, what that is, is they're drawing the parallels back to fantasy. Right. So in fantasy, you have the lizard men, which right. are kind of like the descendant off-breed weird cousins of the old ones in that universe. Right. And they were yeah. kind of left behind to like be the guardians of all the old old slan stuff Mm -hmm. so at one point the slan are a completely different race so at one point the warhammer fantasy world existed in the warhammer 40k world and at that point really like that the old ones and the slan were a lot bigger and that's why they changed um the old ones are just a forerunner race just they they existed a long time ago they the slan are still reptilian frog people in 40k and the old ones are essentially still just slightly more advanced reptilian frog people but but essentially the in 40k they use the old ones as kind of the forerunners the plot device that started everything yeah and then they kind of used it to tailor the initial story and then basically from there then they jumped off into the 40k gotcha so eventually the Necron tier encountered the old ones who had man who had mastered the psychic realms and achieved this near immortality, essentially perfect immortality, still suffering the genetic curse of the halo stars. The then Necron tier asked the old ones for relief and were denied. They basically said like, Hey guys, Negative like ghost rider, we're literally fucking dying of radiation poisoning. Like even we left our own planet to get away from this, but just fucking generations in generations of this, we just die. We die really fast. Like we die of like horrible cancers. Please help. And the slan were like, nah, dog. I'm sorry, not suck. the slan. The, the old ones the were old like, ones nah, dog. Like, nah. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, sucks to suck. Negative ghost rider. <laughs> so this actually planted the seeds that turned into a long and incredibly bitter war. This war is called the War in Heaven in Aldari Myth. The war in heaven ground into a bitter and endless stalemate with the Necron tier, the masters of material realm and material sciences and the old ones, the masters of the webway and the immaterium. As they kind of progressed, the Necron tier started to get a lot of this knowledge on how to use interdimensional space. Interdimensional space and warp space are not the same thing. We'll probably get into that a lot deeper when we talk about Necron in full if i remember right from uh from my dibble dabbles into all the all the collective kind of lore didn't the old ones create more of the races during the war in heaven yes them? yeah because it started with the eldari yeah so that so yeah the necrod tier eventually found the satan beings that were older than the old ones themselves the satan were massive intelligences which could be singularly large enough to inhabit an entire solar system. So basically they were so big that the old ones didn't even know that they were like traveling through them. The Necron tier somehow discovered them and discovered how to talk to them. Can you imagine trying to talk to a being that is so large that the speed of light limits its ability to think or the speed of 
light. Yeah. Literally, if it's yeah. as big as a if it's as big as a planet, it would literally take yeah. seconds for it to come to a single conclusion of a thought. Yeah. Basically, when the Necron Tier found the Satan, that the idea that the Necron Tier not only found the Satan but figured out how to talk to them is, is just like mind blowing. Yeah, I, I was but again, the it, science channel that was it like, points you know, speed of light in your brain. Yeah, this distance, speed of light doesn't matter. Make it the size of a solar system, all of a sudden it does matter. Yeah, right. When right, your brain right. spans the distance between the fucking sun and Pluto, but that's like it uh, takes minutes for something. That's to get like from a one side of the brain. Bi- to the that's other. like a biological, like an actual, like uh, physical like a, thing. Right, and that is a literally a limit of. There's a reason that our brain can only get so right. Big. But the satan weren't like a physical form of no. a thing. They no. were they were like a, an entity that had thought. Right. Right. So, but yeah. they still have, I mean, essentially it would take for something that large time is perceived differently as well. Yeah. Yeah. This the Satan don't deal with time the way we do. Don't they kind of exist at all times at once? Yeah. The Satan are fucking wild. Yeah. So the Satan originally fed on stars, but later on life itself, they basically learned that the like torturing of people or the torturing of souls and Suck sucking them as they died was a lot sweeter than the taste of a star. Which well, earned them regrow. Stars don't. Yeah. <laughs> which earned them the nickname "Star Vampires" by the Eldari. The Sedan shared and unlocked even more of the material universe for the Necrontier, and eventually discovered their hunger for the energy of life force. When the Sedan led the Necrontier in the biotransference, which is how the Necrontier became the Necron. This turned the tide of the war in heaven, leading to the rumored cre- uh, creation of the Quark and the Eldari as living weapons to face the Necron and the Satan. The Quark are physically brutal in war and the Eldari are psychic masters of war. Right. Kind so of you basically got co- side they're, of the coin. they're like uh, masters of like attrition or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. Well, the Quark, the Quark. Yeah. The Quark was like the ultimate physical violence yeah whereas the eldar were like well they're they're, and it it wasn't it wasn't and we're we are very much broad stroking the war right right. absolutely essentially the the old ones created the quark because they're like oh we've got the answer this is how we're gonna fight the necron and they unleashed them on the necron and the necron were just like oh brutality yeah we can meet brutality Right. Well, we and they just that. and it was just like a state. It continued to be a brutal, brutal stalemate. Right. But it wasn't just brutality. It was the fact that they could win the war of attrition. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, cor- the cork, cork the cork are smarter. Fight. Right. Cork are smarter than orcs. Right. Right. The orcs Much currently smarter. are de-evolution of right. cork. But, they, but they at the end of the day. Technology that was like far superior than like space marines. But at the and end of the day. Power. Right. But at the end of the day, they were designed specifically for physical brutality. Gotcha. When that didn't work, the old ones created or manipulated or finished creating the Eldari and imparted them all of their psychic mastery. Yes. After Quirk? Yeah. Oh. Well, well, I mean, we're we're also debatable because they might have started the Aldari as like a you know, or they may have done them both at the same time, the same time as. But it was all kind of intermixed around the. Or they may have made the Aldari first, and it took the Aldari longer to meet reach their potential. Is where the Quark were just ready to go. Gotcha. Okay. But but essentially, really nailed down what year each kind of thing happens. It's just discussed that the old ones made both of them. Because of the war in heaven. But essentially, right. the short form is the Quark weren't doing it. 
So the Eldari had to get to their psychic level to actually start pushing the Necron back. And then essentially the Quark and the Eldari beat the Necron or started pushing the Necron back. Um, Eventually, during all of this, the Satan actually turned on each other and the Necrons started to fight amongst their own dynasties again. So the Necron tier fought amongst themselves in their own dynasties. And then the Satan started doing it with the Necron. Eldari myth suggests that Kegarak, the laughing god, is actually who tricked the Satan, the Satan, down this path of infighting once again. Ah. As the closing years of the War of Heaven waned on, they become increasingly more brutal and unleashed forces that twisted the ancient entities that had resided within the warp into terap- into terrifying psychic predators. The webway was breached eventually by the Enslaver Plague and the Old Ones started to lose their grip on the galaxy. Enslaver Once, Plague is a... So Enslavers are a specific type of warp it's entity. the, the big, yeah. big jellyfish monster yep. tentacle face. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You um, fight them in, uh, I think, the Gladius game. Yep. Yeah, they take they take your units. You're like you motherfuckers. They enslave you. They yeah. stole my shit a bunch of times. Yep, same here. And I'm and just like, this is the most annoying fucking like enemy. And not only that, but the AI will always pick your unit over the over the, yeah, anything the AI. else on yep. the battlefield. Well, there's other AI here. No, I'm going after yours. Oh yeah. Once the old ones were defeated, the Silent King, leader of the Necron, turned his attention on the Satan. Eventually, the Satan were bound into shards, and they were dropped into the multidimensional space known as the Tex- Tesseract Labyrinth. Even in victory, however, the Silent King saw that the Necron's time as rulers of the galaxy was coming to a close, at least currently, and put a plan in place to sleep out the Enslaver Plague, which they believed would completely destroy the entire galaxy and leave it as a wasteland. So then the Necron, sorry, would continue to sleep through this as the galaxy was reseeded and replaced with new life. What were you going to ask? So the Krork and Eldar essentially failed, right? What do you mean? No, they won. Well, because the Necron. No, no, no. The, the Necrons, the Necron, the Silent King basically saw a couple of things happening at once but believed that the way to outlast all of this was to let the enslavers wipe the galaxy clear. Right, right. But they killed the old ones, which is what they were trying to do. Right. But by this they time, the old ones, they shattered the, the Satan or Catan or however you want to call them. Yeah. And then the Eldar and the, and the cork were beaten on them pretty good. Right. Slavers showed up and he was like, you know, if we just take a fat nap. Yeah. They'll all be done and well, gone well, that's when why, we wake up. That's but, what but, I'm saying. But what Marky is saying is the Eldari and the Quark technically failed in their task. And here's the answer. I mean, yes, because they didn't save the old ones. But here's the real answer. Probably between like the age of like being born and 15 to maybe 20. In general, kids' goals align with their parents. But like in your late 20s and 30s, your goal starts to divert from the goal of your parents. So think of it more like that. The Quark and the Eldari at this point had been fighting for and fighting with the Necron and the old ones for so long that their civilization had like gone through a couple of thousands of years of development. So at a certain point, the Eldari people and the Quark probably didn't give a shit about the old ones anymore. Their well, their the ones all died. Their their tasks, their goals were aligned, but they weren't like we're trying to defend you. They were just like, oh, you're allies. 
Also, and this is very important, it is very unclear whether or not the old ones died or simply said, fuck you and left the galaxy. That's true. Oh, okay. and we know the Tyranids are running from something. Well, it's implied. <laughs> and we know that on the <laughs> other side of the galaxy, all you can hear is the screaming of orcs. So if that's actually the psychic screaming of cork, because the old ones fucked off to another galaxy and made more, we don't know. Okay. So the old, the old ones basically got to a point where they left. Right. For whatever, whatever reason, left they're or not died. around anymore. Left or died. They just yeah. ain't here. That's what matters. Gotcha. So during all of this, as the Necrodon were going to sleep and everything, the Eldari started to assume much of the old one's former power and technology and now stood as a bigger threat to the Necrons as well. Although not much is noted, the enslaver, the enslaver plague never actually cleansed the galaxy. We'll go deeper into a lot more of the events that we just kind of covered in brief when we cover Necrons and when we get into an actual like set of War in Heaven episodes, because it'll probably get a couple. Yeah, <clears throat> we're, we've covered it pretty good, even though we're glancing it. right. Yeah, now. We, we've, we've glanced over it stuff. twice. So uh, we're going to wrap up with the ascendance of a people before we talk about the slow decline into darkness and the birth of Slanish as a chunk of part two. So with the enslavers mostly defeated and eradicated and the Necrons sleeping away the millennia, the Eldari people spread across the galaxy. Enslavers are still around and they still pop up. But again, more of that in a future episode. As these guys mentioned, they're in a couple of games. Um, they pop up every once in a while. Enslaver like plagues kind of have a tendency to just fuck with the galaxy from time to time. They just like spill out of the warp and it's just yep. like, oh, oops. It's they're kind of now. not really like whether or not they're sm they're intelligent and directed is a question. Oh, they literally could just, just be like just independent brain jellyfish. They're kind of like the flood, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the Aldari fought to reclaim large portions of the webway and use the remnants of the old one's technology to forge a lasting empire a million Terran years ago. Their home worlds were paradises. Their mastery over the immaterium was as complete as the old ones had once been. They no longer had anything to fear from the galaxy at large. They were the true masters of all that they saw. However, this led them to grow prideful. It was only a matter of time before their hubris eroded them from the inside. At the height of their empire, they were the masters of everything, and nothing was denied to them as a people. Across a hundred perfect worlds, the Eldari began to indulge in every inclination and curiosity. They, they came to master the webway. They discovered more about the universe before their fall than all of the races collectively currently know in M42, including the Eldari. The Eldari have forgotten more than they ever knew. Oh, yeah. Even when they eventually died, their mastery of the Immaterium simply meant that they could be reborn again as the warp held no danger for them. There were still many wars as this empire grew. The Necron at the beginning, but later younger upstart races. But these were very short-lived, and even their mythic histories and tales of the war in heaven did nothing to humble the Eldari people. That's where we'll leave you guys for today. We will pick up with the decline into darkness and the birth of Slanish in part two. And then we will start to talk about how you can play the various factions. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for listening to part one of the Eldari. 
As always, if there's something we left out, there's some question that you have about the Eldari people, or even if you have some lore you want to share with us about the Eldari people, maybe your faction or the way that you run your army, you can email us at jimdarkgaming at gmail.com or under the hive of madness at gmail.com. We have a very big and very growing community on Discord. We absolutely love those guys, and it is a great way to get a hold of us. It's probably the best way to get a hold of us. We're pretty much on there 24-7. Uh, also incorporating all new things on there. We have the Hive Project, and uh, we just try to basically incorporate as much as we can and, and make it a real, real group uh, where we're all doing something very interactive. Yeah, whether it's playing games, watching movies, uh, creating lore, talking about the podcast, talking about the tabletop, painting, you name it. Even there. painting contests, we're trying to get that off the ground. Yeah, that's right. The first painting contest started just about a week ago when the episode, yeah. Yeah, so just about a week gonna, ago. Yeah, going to keep trying to continue with our painting contest probably quarterly. And uh, yeah, so feel free to join our community and maybe have a good time. Hell yeah. We have a Patreon if you guys want to help support us a little bit more directly. That's at patreon.com slash under the hive of madness. We also have, or we've also started, excuse me, doing Twitch streams every Friday night at 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. You can find out more about our Twitch streams either through our Discord or by following us on various social media platforms. It is pretty easy to find us on those various social media platforms by using our Linktree, which is Linktree slash Under the Hive. We are still diligently working on getting an actual plan up and running for our website. We do promise it will eventually come out. We're just... uh trying to figure out how we want to make it I'm look just and a, function. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> we do try to bring you guys some new cool stuff every week, We're trying to up our production value on our Twitch stuff, trying to up our production value and our rewards for our patrons, trying to up the events that we do via Selling Discord. Selling our bodies constantly. That's right. <laughs> on stream. Um, as always, guys, all of the spellings for everything we have gone ahead and dropped in the show notes to make it as easy as possible. Well, that'll wrap it up this afternoon. Looks like these acid rainstorms are not letting up, but we did just acquire some titanium umbrellas. Maybe it's unobtainium umbrellas. I'm not sure. Oh, those are heavy. They are heavy. It's so all of us... <laughs> so all of us here at 665.66UHMR Chemrat Radio are going to venture out into the rain slurry to see whether or not we can't catch ourselves a couple of croutons to add to this gristle chili. And remember, guys, he who allows the alien to live shares in its crime of existence. Suffer not the witch to live. Well, I don't know about all of that, but what I do know is that if you do find yourself in a dark alley with a four-armed emperor, don't pet its head. That's a good way to lose a couple of digits. Ain't I right, Kevin? I mean, mine are reattached. That's true. You do have better ones. Iron within. Well, (laughs) Bexy is, in fact, kicking us out quite a bit faster than we thought, so we will catch all of you guys later. Peace. Adios. Adios.